Welcome to The Conversation. I'm Heil Russell. Hello, and welcome to The Conversation. I'm Matt Cotton. Hold on. No. Wait, no. That's my bet. Uh, sorry, I was just copying you. Oh. I'm Matt Corner. <laughs> oh, oh, now I'm all thrown off. I don't know if I'm Matt or you're Matt or if I'm Heil or you're Heil. How will Shall we, we start again? No, it's fine. We'll find our way through. How will we ever find more things to discuss about Diddy Kong racing, Matt? Well, it's uh, a tough one, isn't it? I mean, uh, sort of, I've been immersing myself in Diddy Kong racing this week in preparation for this episode. And one of the things I've been doing is listening to the three-part Diddy Kong racing 20th anniversary extravaganza that the conversation put out in 2017. Mm. Um, totaling something like seven hours yeah and it covered a lot of ground it did so what this might end up being is um the conversation mini <laughs> in comparison sure yeah i think oops running out of content <laughs> no we're not we're not running out of content i, I running th- out of content i think there's plenty more to be said about diddy kong racing but yes it's true of course spotlight episodes for our favorite games, generally tend to be a fairly, if not completely comprehensive history of the era around the game's release. Because I, I mm. like to get into things like, what was life like before this game? What was it like when <laughs> we uh, we first heard about it? The breathless anticipation. I'm a fan of foreplay, Matt. I really like titillating yeah. the senses. Well, we know this about you, of course. <laughs> Everybody should know it about me. It's the main thing about you. When when we get to another anniversary of five, when another anniversary of five rolls around, it's like, well, we already did a spotlight episode about that. What can I do? I've got a couple different formats. If you're a regular conversation listener, you'll have picked up on this. I do occasionally the blank years of blank episodes. So that's just a very blunt, like, yeah, Donkey Kong's 40 years old now. Uh, what does that mean? Or ukulele's five years old now. What does that mean? But then I also do, if it's something really impactful in our fan community in our fandom i do the why blank still matters episodes and mm. diddy kong racing obviously fits that bill it is one of the most impactful maybe the most impactful game i i would say for our particular corner of the fan community at the very least i i don't think diddy kong racing can be topped as far as sizable impact and it's it's a funny question to ask why Diddy Kong Racing still matters, considering <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing hasn't been commercially available in its yeah. original form. C- considering you can make a very strong argument that it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it hasn't been available commercially for about 22 years. And mm. that is a damn shame, which we will talk about, I'm sure. But 
the fact that you haven't been able to buy the game illegally or play the game illegally for nearly 22 years hasn't dampened our zest for it in, in any sense of the word zest. Any textbook definition of zest, if you look it up, you'll Let see. Let me just get my zest textbook. Yes, please do. Let us know what it says. It's just got a picture of Bumper the Badger. Oh, yeah, he, he got in trouble with the law for uh, having too much zest. For producing too much zest. Producing it, yeah, producing it all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, Diddy Kong Racing. I invited you here, Matt, because... You're, you. you're, yeah, you, you're welcome, but I'm going to tell you why I invited you here. It's because you're one of the most okay. enthusiastically, genuinely enthusiastic Diddy Kong Racing diehards on the DK Vine staff. There is. And, you know... You, I like diehard as well. <laughs> you know, th- there was a tweet you tweeted back when there was a thing called Twitter that... Oh, yeah. S- you you said something to the effect that, that Diddy Kong Racing is the greatest game ever made. <laughs> uh, I I don't know what I said. I think Diddy Kong Racing is my favorite computer game. I'm going. I'm just going to come out and say it. I can uh, I can subdivide in my brain the difference between best and favorite. Yeah. And Diddy Kong Racing is my favorite. It's it's in my top ten. It's it's actually my fifth favorite game when you rank my favorite <laughs> games. Which might There's something se- quite funny about how specific that is. I'm it's very specific with this because game. It, it matters. It, it does matter to me. But five sounds like harsh. Five sounds like it, it's far down there. But it's actually, you know, a, a very select list. I don't just say, you know, any, any game is my in my top ten. And for Diddy Kong Racing. Minesweeper. <laughs> Yeah, I you know, I, I genuinely hope there is a big fan community for Minesweeper that treats it with the reverence that we <laughs> You know, it's weird you say that. I uh I've <laughs> I went down a YouTube rabbit hole of Minesweeper speedruns <laughs> and people who can play Minesweeper without using any of the flags. It's uh It's a thing, Kyle. I'm, I'm not even talking. You can think of it; it's a thing. Yeah, I'm not even talking about like speedruns. I want people really obsessed about Minesweeper lore. Lore, yeah. <laughs> Is it the same smiley face in every incarnation of Minesweeper? How do we account for the differences in resolution? Yeah, I, I want people to stay up until two a.m. pondering this. But which emotions is he or she capable of displaying? Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing is 25, though, and yeah, that make, how does that make you feel, Matt? Does it make you feel ancient? Does it make you feel like you're crumbling into dust? Mm. Yeah, it's 25. That's weird, isn't it? Especially now that these things that we can remember, we weren't adults when Diddy Kong Racing came out, but we it felt like we were adults. We felt, I feel like I was me at that time. Yeah. And it was 25 years ago. It, it was 25 years ago, yeah, and and it it's just uh, it's it's disconcerting to me. Diddy Kong Racing still feels like the fresh new thing. Oh, Diddy Kong Racing, yeah, that's pretty recent, a- a- and yeah. and now it's 25 years, and that's a quarter of a century, yeah. and a century is a hundred years. So you do the math. It is, isn't it? I I looked that up. The mathematics. What were you doing at the age of 25? What was I doing at the age of 25? Yes, tell me! 
Uh, I was I was in my mid twenties depression where I was near suicidal. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and everything was terrible. I thought I would never find love. I was very hard on myself. Yeah. Uh, I got better. I I still struggle with depression because I I have bipolar too. But I I got better. But I'm just saying, twenty five wasn't a great year for me. Well, when I was 25, I was recruited as a DK Vine staffer, which in many ways is much, much worse than anything <laughs> you just described. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Oh, to be, to be young again. I, um, I was in a restaurant earlier. Um, Brag much? Not, yes, not today. Yesterday. Yeah, I'm not showing off. <laughs> and there was, I don't, there was a point to this story. <laughs> there was a boy sat across from where we were. I, I say a boy, you know, uh, 20-something. <laughs> so that's a boy. You're not that old, man. Probably, can... probably he was 25. Sat across from where we were, and he was on the phone to his uh, girlfriend partner on, uh, on speakerphone. And the phone he was on was in um, video mode. Uh and for the entire time he was sat at the table eating this meal, he had the phone propped up in um, portrait mode. And his girlfriend must have just been watching him eat his dinner through video mode <laughs> on his phone, eating his Jamaican curry lumps or whatever it was. The point is, I don't understand the young of today, <laughs> the 25-year-olds of today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh So knowing that Teddy Kong Racing is twenty five years old, yes, it does make me feel old. But also seeing young people behave in <laughs> in extra Is that normal though, do we think? Do we I, I don't think that's normal. I've never raised this with anyone before. I what? I'm I'm gonna say it's it's not normal to video chat your meal with a a distant uh, romantic partner. That's not a thing now, is it? It should. It shouldn't be. Like maybe in the in the privacy of your own home, your your own domicile, where you can just say, "This is what we're going to do," as some tantalizing foreplay. You know, because I like foreplay. Uh, d- <laughs> as some tantalizing prelude for maybe a remote sexual encounter. I could see like we're gonna have a virtual date, right? Like we're but but to, to take that hmm. chicanery out to the public in the public square and say all eyes on us. No, that's, that's not a good thing. That's not healthy. That's, that's, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to say right now. No. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the 25 year olds of today are video chatting their meals. And that makes me feel old and strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, I, think you're going to feel young again talking about Diddy Kong Racing yes! in this episode. Well, that's that's the reason I agreed to come on this. Yeah? Good. So, anyway, yeah, we are going to be really getting into why Diddy Kong Racing still matters, at least to us. Like, industry-wide, I don't know if it really does still matter. I, I think it was an influential game for its time, but... Diddy Kong Racing matters first and foremost to the peculiar blend of Donkey Kong and Rare fans who really, really love that this is a shared universe of nonsense. And 
we're we're gonna we're gonna get into why Diddy Kong Racing still matters, but why it leaves such a massive impact on us twenty five years later. You know, aside from the fact that it it mushed Banjo and Conquer into Donkey Kong's world. Well, yeah, that's no small thing, though. I mean, and I think that's a major contributing factor to the reason why I think it's my favorite game. Yeah. Because it's uh, responsible to, for this shit that we're doing now. This shit right here, yes. And before yeah. we get into this shit, I need to plug some other shit. Particularly, the DK Vine is on Mastodon. Yes, that's right. DK Vine is on Mastodon. Yes, everyone's new favorite social media hub. As we, as we flee the sinking ship of Twitter. Don't worry, DK Vine's still on Twitter until, you know, until the bitter end, or at least until all of the viable brands leave it because of the influx of Nazis. But DK Vine has set up shop on Mastodon. And I don't mean to brag, Matt, but uh, we have seven followers on Mastodon, which... Seven? I realize sounds paltry, but I think as far as Mastodon goes... Well, seven Mastodons is a lot. Yeah, it, it is. It's I, a lot of biomass. I, I I think we set the record on Mastodon. We're, we're in the upper, like, 10% of followings on, on Mastodon at this point. Now, seven. to make it thematically relevant, can we make all Mastodon promotional uh, material that we put out accompanied by that render of the Kenneth the Mammoth, as I like to call him? Oh, from Diddy Kong Racing's pre-release. From Wild Cartoon Kingdom, yeah. Yeah, where we got the evil Knievel uh, mammoth yeah. Mastodon-type creature on the little little bike. Yeah. Uh, just, just keeping it relevant for the kids. But hey, if you don't want to support uh, the, the new owner of Twitter and uh, his, his, his dangerous views for the future of humanity, which includes uh, humanity becoming a... a hybrid creature with ai and then living in matrix like pods across the milky way galaxy uh you can also uh follow us on mastodon and get pretty much the same content uh and it's really simple all you need to do is go to mastodon.sdf.org at dkvine and uh, i'm gonna make a quick link to that where you can just go to dkvine.com forward slash mastodon yeah, join join the party. Everyone's doing it, Mastodon. Hey, I'm trying 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 to be fact, enthusiastic. To make that better, why don't we uh, why don't we make that simultaneous? One, two, three. Hey, it's actually that's actually that's the good, sound a Mastodon would make uh, in mating season. I I don't know how you do that. True, Matt. isn't it? You're such an you're such an expert. Well, I, I am a scientist, yeah. as you know. I do know. That's why you I'm were, a scientist. That's why we recruited you at the age of 25 to join the DK Vine yes. staff. For my science. <laughs> well, we, we needed a, a science-minded person on the staff to make sure all of this stood up to uh, the highest forms of scrutiny to make sure that we weren't just wasting our time and that there was a basis. DK Vine is peer-reviewed. It is. And that's all thanks to you, Matt. Thank you very much. It's all right. Thank you. <laughs> so we also have the DK Vine hotline, and that is at 1-202-630-VINE-8463. And we got calls to play about Diddy Kong Racing. And I thought we would take that at the top of the episode to set the mood 
for uh, what we have to discuss ahead. So why don't we go ahead and play that first call, Matt? Uh, can I press the button? Yes, go press it. Okay. Hey, conversation listeners. Uh, this is Dr. Q. I'm that weirdo behind the Kong Island Discord server. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hi, well, you might remember me. I've replied to some of your tweets every now and then. Um, just recently I replied to a tweet of yours with that gif of the DKR25 logo spinning around. Shout out to our staff member, Junior, for making that. He's really talented. Um, coincidentally, I also was the person who won that Ember the Tiger and Banjo uh, Diddy Kong Racing pin giveaway that you did. Thanks again for that. But yeah, Diddy Kong Racing, uh, 25 years old. Uh, pretty crazy to think about. It's The game is a little older than me. I kind of grew up during the GameCube era, but I played N64 and Super Nintendo um, as a child. And I remember the first time I played Diddy Kong Racing, I was super excited because Diddy Kong was right there on the cover. And I remember when I first turned it on, I was like, who are all these other characters? Like looking at, you know, Timber and Pipsy in the intro, they show up next to Diddy Kong, and I'm like, what is this tiger? Um, but after playing through the game and getting used to seeing all those new characters, I got to say, they have a weird way of growing on you. Um, I know I started playing as Diddy Kong because he's the only one that I knew at the time. But, uh, yeah, eventually... I started playing Timber and Pepsi and Banjo and Yeah, they they just have a weird way of kinda getting into your getting into your heart. Um and like I said on Twitter, Diddy Kong Racing is a game that means a lot to me. And I feel like the younger crowd of the the younger side of the DK fandom doesn't really know much about the game because uh, for obvious reasons the game's been in legal limbo for a long, long time since the buyout. Um, but yeah, the game, I, I just love the game. It's a childhood classic for me, and it's hard to put into words how much the game really means to me. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Uh, so in conclusion, uh, Nintendo, please get Diddy Kong Racing on NSO. Uh, fan gamer, please release a Timber the Tiger t-shirt and or anything with Pitsy on it. And, uh, rare, please put TT and CFDs. All right. Uh, this is Dr. Q again. My message got cut off. Uh, the last thing I want to say was on behalf of the Kong Island Discord server, happy birthday, Diddy Kong Racing, 25 years old. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you for the call, uh, Doctor Q. Which Doctor Q sounds like I know s- him. You do. It's, it's... I know him from my lab. We're doing <laughs> science together. I was gonna say, sounds like a supervillain. I don't know if we should be concerned or not. Uh, sounds like he's uh, he's a reformed supervillain. Oh, but he didn't want to lose the name. Well, that's fine. I, I'm all for you know. But I I don't want to tell his story. That's for him. I'm, for Dr. Q I'm all for giving second chances. I, I, I feel like 
e- even the supervillains deserve another crack at uh, integrating into our society. How did, a couple of things down. Yeah. How, how did it make you feel, Matt, when he said he's mm, a little what, bit right. younger than Diddy Kong Racing? <laughs> Made me want to start filming myself eating my dinner. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I thought it brought up some good points, especially about how the younger Donkey Kong fan, which I would include Dr. Q in, but we're both ancient, Matt. Mm. Uh they, they they don't. He's real- a very young doctor. Yeah, I mean, it's accomplished way more in their life than I have. I mean, regular Doogie House, pathetic lives. Yeah, you know, I I'm a Donkey Kong journalist, Matt. I I've given up. I well, the other Donkey Kong daddy is established in the previous episode. I I am. I I will soon be just the Donkey Kong <laughs> daddy, the the sexy, and I'm old. the Donkey Kong wacky uncle. Yeah, uh, you could be you could be the sexy wacky uncle. Oh. Uh. The the wacky uncle who maybe was sexy in his day, but is a bit past his best. Oh, Matt, you just gotta lean into it. There's there's plenty you can do to age gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, he's right though. Like I, it, it's been a struggle as a content creator, as somebody who espouses the beauty of Diddy Kong Racing. It's been hard. As the the generations keep getting younger and, and we keep aging and, and you know, our our peers, our contemporaries, Matt, they're dying. They're, they're, they're just dying. And we need to put a stop to it. We, we do. We, we do. And, and maybe that's where the AI pods across the Milky Way galaxy come in. But I think that younger fans definitely do not know about Diddy Kong Racing. They, they know of it. Like they've heard about it. They've seen it on Wikipedia or Super Mario Wiki or whatever, but they've never really yeah, but played it. they're not it. motivated to seek it out. Yeah. At, at the very most, they have played Diddy Kong Racing DS, which I'm not going to begrudge Diddy Kong Racing DS. It has its charms, but I think it, it's lacking some of the core beauty of the original Diddy Kong Racing. And... Yeah, it, it, I, I think we're going to be in the clear if and when Nintendo and Rare uh, agree to put it on NSO plus expansion pack. I think once that happens, watch out. Diddy Kong Racing Mania will be sweeping the world once again. But yeah, everything it, else on Nintendo Switch Online will be taken off because there's no point there being anything else. I mean, seriously, I that's my prediction. Playing playing a co-op Diddy Kong Racing or, or like racing against friends on joint online. venture. Yeah, it, there's just so much we could do as a worldwide audience that we've never been able to do in Diddy Kong Racing before. So it would be a huge, huge boon, not just for us who grew up with Diddy Kong Racing, but those who have never experienced it. I do think it's one of uh, it's a miss, missing ingredient right now for a lot of the disparate fandom that would ordinarily fall under our umbrella of what DK Vine does, because I've noticed it's a problem that we've run into with younger, some younger Banjo-Kazooie fans. I'm not, obviously there are many younger Banjo-Kazooie fans who have found DK Vine, who get it, who love, who love the notion of the Donkey Kong universe, but there are those Banjo-Kazooie fans who are actually radical Banjo-Kazooie separatists because they, (laughs) Don't think that Banjo Kazooie is in the same universe as Donkey Kong or as Conker. Yeah, 
Yeah. Donkey Kong Racing has been expunged from history, like what Stalin would do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's it's just they because they weren't introduced to Diddy Kong Racing at the time with the context of, oh, here's this new character, Banjo. He's Diddy Kong's friend. Wink, wink. Because it wasn't rolled out to them like that, they view it as, well, Banjo-Kazooie was in development uh, at the same time as Diddy Kong Racing. It was planned to be released before Diddy Kong Racing. The fact that it was a backdoor pilot to Banjo-Kazooie and Conquer means nothing because that wasn't the original intent. And whereas we're coming at it from, well, yeah, but that's the way history did shake down. It wasn't the original intent, but it's what Rare went with. And it was brilliant. And <laughs> I think I think once Diddy yeah. Kong Racing is rediscovered through an official lens, then I think you will see more people come around to our way of thinking because it's just the fun alternative, especially in this era where everybody wants a shared universe. I don't know why so many people fight this. I think the only reason they would fight it would be, oh, because you have... Cowardice! What? Cowardice! Coward- well, yes, cowardice, but cowardice of specifically, oh, but but Microsoft owns Banjo and Conquer and Nintendo owns Donkey Kong. Yeah, why is everyone a legal expert all of a sudden? <laughs> I think that just makes it more fun, Matt. I think it's fun that we have this shared universe that can't even be contained by legal boundaries it's just it's just this unwieldy thing that's taken on a life of its own and yeah 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 but hi what you don't understand is uh since uh, microsoft bought out uh yeah, all of their characters aren't part of the canon yeah aren't part of the canon of nintendo we're gonna get so, we're gonna get know. into it a little bit though why why that's not even true from nintendo's no no i don't think you understand i oh. don't think you understand it's not part of the canon oh Sorry, just sorry. I don't know what character that was. I was doing. No, it, it was. Please a, continue. It was effective. I'm just deleting DK Vine now. Thank you. Yeah, and done. All right. See you next week. <laughs> we'll still do the podcast, obviously. Yeah. No, we're we're just just going to change it to the stock market. We're going to talk about the stock yeah. market. <laughs> it's 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 what near forty year old people should talk about, right? The stock market. Yeah. Hey, uh, so speaking of science, yeah, uh, I found that tweet that you mentioned earlier, okay. and it's as follows, quote, <clears throat> Some people say there's no way of determining what the best game of all time is, objectively. But I've worked it out, and it's Diddy Kong Racing. I'm glad you could find that before Twitter is deleted. I'm a scientist, remember? I, yeah. It's, it's, it's in the books now. It's in the science books. Look it up. So, Matt, we have another call to take. Should should we go ahead and play this call? Yeah, you can press the button this time. Oh, okay. Thank you. Hey, my name is Cameron. Cameron Perry. Um, talking about Diddy Kong Racing. That's one of my favorite games I've, I've ever played. Um, I do prefer the N64 version just for the fact that we could play as Camjo. I mean, Banjo. Um, but, yeah, what I was thinking about the other day was, uh, you know, all these kart racers coming back uh, last couple years or so. We've seen Nick All-Stars, uh, Slime Racing, uh, Crash Bandicoot, Nitro Fueled. I just hope one day that Diddy Kong can race with the third parties, you know. Uh, so hope, hopefully we see some of that sometime in the future. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Conversation rules. 
Well, thank you for the call, Cameron. If you think the conversation rules now, wait until next week when when we uh, tell you how to update your stock portfolio. Mm. That's a thing, right? Stocks I, and shares. Did I get that right? Did I say that right? Stocks and shares, stocks and shares. Everyone loves stocks and shares. I'm writing the new theme tune. It's going to be good. It's going to be a cappella. <laughs> and no discernible melody. What I was most uh, endeared by in that call was uh, Camjo. Camjo, yeah. So what Cameron has done is he's taken the name of the racer that he likes to play as and he's adapted his own name to fit it. So I thought maybe we could do the same for ourselves. Yeah, I would be um, uh, Heidi ta- taking yeah, Heidi. Diddy, yeah. And I'd be Matsy. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You're, you're a Pipsy. Matsy the mouse is at least alliterative. You're, you're a Pipsy main then, are you? Yeah, man. I'm a Pipsy main. I love Pipsy. I won't have a bad word said about Pipsy. I don't think we have a bad word to be said about any of the characters on this episode. Oh, I've heard you say bad words about Pipsy, Heil. I made notes when I listened to the uh, Spotlight episode of Diddy Kong Racing in 2017. I, you are saying all kinds of things about Pipsy. Uh, okay, but that's five years ago, Matt. I, I, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. You said, and I quote, Pipsy always gets all the eggs off me when I play the... I mean, this is not exact quotes, but, you know... <laughs> The volcano multiplayer level. I've lost my thread. Yeah. No, I, I, I that that is definitely. I mean, Pipsy's a tricky. Well, you one. know, the answer to that problem is to always play as Pipsy, and then she won't steal your eggs. Okay, so let me just say why I play as Diddy in Diddy Kong Racing because I realize that's the boring answer. That's the boring choice. Who do you play in Diddy Kong Racing? Oh, I, I, I main Diddy. Oh. You're boring. You're like that's just the safe glass of warm milk. Well, it is a quite funny. It's in a way it's subversive. Can you imagine asking someone who their favorite Mario character is and they just say, "Oh, well, I quite like Mario." Well, okay, so here's the thing. Diddy is my favorite video game character. Full stop of all time. Not not just my favorite video game character. My favorite character in the entire Western canon of media, uh, of literature, uh, uh, whatever, it's Di- it's Diddy Kong, and the greatest character in all fiction. I I would argue it for sure, but I think that it's so rare for me to have anything where Diddy is the focal point, right? So in in a game like Mario Kart, I will always play as Donkey Kong, or if they're available to me, Diddy, or Funky, or as in Mario Kart Tour, we got Dixie Kong. And I, I never play as Mario. Ew. Ew. But for once, the safe, middle-of-the-road character, the titular star was my favorite character of all time. How could I not pass up the opportunity to be to be the safe, boring choice for once in my life. So yeah, that, that's why Diddy is my go-to character in Diddy Kong Racing. And that's a, that's a perfectly legitimate position to have. Get off our backs! Now, Matt, here's the funny thing, though. Uh, so while we started playing Looking forward the calls, to this. While we started playing the calls, we actually got another call. And I very quickly, very covertly, uh, was able yeah. to... 
get it queued yes, up I've, and I've, ready to go. I've seen it on the the Callatronic five thousand that we use to play the calls. I've seen it. Yeah, that's a little little uh, industry secret there that we use a Callatron. Uh, was I not mention mention that? No, I mean I, it's unlicensed, so. Uh, I really shouldn't be uh, out in the open with it. But yeah, let's go ahead and play this call that came in very late. But because I'm in a celebratory mood, it is the week of Diddy Kong Racing's 25th anniversary, after all. Fire Mountain, by the way. That's what I couldn't think of before. Fire Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're making that up. Yeah, Fire Mountain. But Fire Mountain. No, but everything sounds legitimate when you say it as TT. Well, this is, a, this is a fun game we can play. We, we'll get to the call, just, you know. But yeah, this is a fun game you can play. If if you live somewhere with a, the Diddy Kong Racing sounding name, say it in TT's voice. I used to live somewhere called Newton Lee Willows. Newton Lee Willows! I think you would just say any location in TT's voice, and it's immediately vaulted in, into... Birmingham! <laughs> well, maybe not every location. All right, here we go. Yeah, my name's TJ, and I actually just wanted to call in to leave my thoughts on Diddy Kong Racing, because uh, I've always been a big fan of Donkey Kong, big fan of the Rare Games, and Diddy Kong himself was actually my favorite character. Uh, before I even played Donkey Kong Country 2, this game was my first time seeing him as the headliner, and I remember being really, really young and thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense, having him kind of be the star of this standalone game without Donkey Kong. I thought that was really cool. Um, it's obvious this game had a huge legacy, it was a big hit, and also it directly inspired Crash Team Racing for PlayStation, and that itself eventually became one of my personal favorite car racers, so the game definitely has a huge legacy. But I'd also like to talk a little about the DS version, because I feel like that's really relatively underappreciated, and a lot of people forget that version. Um, just like the Donkey Kong Country games on GBA, uh, there are some changes to the mechanics, the art style, the physics, the this, the that. Overall, it is, it's a different way to experience it, but I do think that still, a lot of the game's initial heart is still there. I think if you grew up with the DS version, that's a fine way to experience the game. And, uh, I don't think enough people talk about that. But also, for someone like me personally, if you're disappointed that Banjo made it in Smash Bros. but Dixie didn't, I think you can always take a comfort knowing that Diddy Kong Racing DS exists. Because in this version, uh, Banjo and Conker were actually replaced with two other Donkey Kong characters, Dixie and Tiny. And that's not going to be for everybody's taste. But hey, if you're a Dixie fan, you can always turn to that game since Smash Bros. didn't have much for us. But um, yeah, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Love this uh, podcast. And, uh, well, that's it. Thanks. Well, thank you for the call, I do take comfort that Diddy Kong Racing DS exists. Yeah, you know, we don't talk a lot about Diddy Kong Racing DS on the conversation. We we haven't yet, at least. And it it doesn't really come up on the occasion for these anniversary episodes for the original Diddy Kong Racing because we're really focused on the original version of Diddy Kong Racing. But I am glad Diddy Kong Racing DS exists. I'm never not glad it exists. And I also like that it would it allowed us, you know, another chance to visit some of these characters and some of these locales that mean so much to us. You know, it only, it only came out 10 years after Diddy Kong Racing, um, roughly. So it feels like there is an eternity between the two, but there's, uh, there's less time between Diddy Kong Racing and Diddy Kong Racing DS than 
Diddy Kong Racing DS and now. So you can drive yourself mad doing those sorts of comparisons, though. Yeah, did you know that uh, Star Wars? There's that Star Wars reference in Diddy Kong Star, Racing. Star Wars. Sorry, what? Star War? Star Wars. It's, it's Star Wars. Wars. There's more than one war in the stars, and yeah, the the spaceport Alpha. You have the little trench run that's an homage to the Death Star, and when that came out, that was a very ancient reference because it referenced uh, Star Wars, the original Star Wars movie from 1977. So there's 20 years between the two, and now there's been 25 years between now and the release of Diddy Kong Racing. So. I've just also worked out that I was probably 25 when I played Diddy Kong Racing DS for the first time. Because yeah. I got it at about the same time I came on board with you lot. Yeah. <laughs> you lot. You. <laughs> so, anyway, time time does not stand still, unfortunately. But we, we can... Cl- but it must be made to. But another good thing about Diddy Kong Racing DS is, of course, new David Wise tracks. Yes, and new racing tracks. By which I mean music, not racing tracks. Well, there are new racing tracks. Also racing tracks. Yeah, there's there's four new racing tracks on Donkey Kong Island, of all things, which I feel like kind of detracts from the 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 joy of Timbers Island as, as a location, but... I'm glad they exist. I'm glad Diddy Kong Racing DS exists. I'm okay with the fact that they couldn't put Banjo and Conker in it, which is really weird. And it it really confuses people because people think that Nintendo, they own all of the Diddy Kong Racing cast that isn't Banjo and Conker, when in actuality, no, Rare owns most of everything related to Diddy Kong Racing, sans Diddy, sans Crunch, and sans the name. Everything else is is possibly the banana. Yeah, the banana, yeah, yeah. But you 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 look at the uh the, the copyright on Diddy Kong Racing DS and it, it's it says that certain characters were licensed by Rare. Um so that those certain characters were uh, everybody but Diddy and Crunch and Dixie and Tiny. Yeah. I mean you've done a lot of detective work on the uh the legality situation with this game a lot more than I have. Yeah, it's the th- it is, it, it... go on. Sorry, I, I was just gonna say that Diddy Kong Racing is. It's weird because the the title implies it's a Nintendo game, right? But sure, the truth is, it's a rare game. It's it's a rare published game that licensed the character of Diddy Kong and the name Diddy Kong Racing from Nintendo. Uh, everything else is rare, except uh, at the time of its release. Nintendo, uh, you know, had Crunch because Crunch was retroactively made a Kremlin when it became Diddy Kong Racing. And Nintendo had the trademark on Banjo because Banjo-Kazooie was being made uh, with Rare as a Nintendo IP, more or less. So in the same way, the Kirby is a Nintendo IP. Like Rare had some stake in Banjo, but it, 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 was, it was a Nintendo property until the buyout. So... Hmm. The fact that uh, Crunch, beloved Diddy Kong Racing Racer Crunch, the Kremlin, <laughs> is uh, a Nintendo property, uh, has just now reminded me of, uh, do you remember back in 2013, during uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze's pre-release period, where there had been 
three playable characters revealed and another fourth one left mysterious. I do remember this, yes. Where? Well, what I, my main memory from that period of... That exciting and interesting period of time was uh, the speculation about that and the delicious and delightful Cameron Regal, who suggested that an excellent choice for fourth playable character in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze would be Crunch the Kremlin. <laughs> An idea which I'm still in love with to this day. Just just have Crunch there. Just put Crunch in it. It'll make any game better. Put, put, put Crunch cr- in it. That should, be, that should be on a bumper sticker. Put Crunch in it. Put Crunch in it. <laughs> it sounds like it would be a breakfast cereal slogan more than anything. What's interesting is if you if you look at the Japanese release of Diddy Kong Racing, it says it right on the 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 cartridge's sticker. The sticker on the cartridge itself. You you do a Google Features Crunch. No, do a Google image search for it right now, Matt. Do Diddy Kong Racing Japanese cart, and it will say uh, right on the bottom of this big white sticker with Diddy on it. Uh, did the Diddy Kong Racing is a trademark of Nintendo. Copyright 1997. Oh, I thought we were still talking about Crunch. Oh, we are. We are. This sets up Crunch. And then it says Diddy Kong, Banjo, and Crunch characters licensed by Nintendo. Uh, th- it says this in the uh, English instruction manuals. And I think the other languages, too, has have this in the instruction manual. But on the Japanese cartridge, they actually put it... In bold letters right there, hey, Diddy, Banjo, and Crunch are licensed to Rare by Nintendo. And then the implication is that Rare owns everybody else, which was actually the case at the time. Wow. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That's a less common render they've used as well. Yeah. Render fans. Yeah. So, Matt, Diddy Kong Racing and and why it still matters, you know... Something that I don't think it's talked about enough, and I don't think we talked about on the Spotlight series we did for Diddy Kong Racing or on the errant Diddy Kong Racing episodes that Jeff and Cameron and I have done in the last couple of years. I I don't think it's gets talked enough about how just absolutely weird Diddy Kong Racing felt at the time. And when I say weird, I don't just mean, oh yeah, it's it's a pretty weird game. It has a as an elephant genie and a, and a pig. I, I I like I mean how weird it felt that it even existed in the first place. It it feels like an incongruity now that it exists, right? Because Diddy Kong Racing, what Diddy Kong had his own Mario Kart style racing game in 1997, what? But Back in the contemporary time of its release, it felt wild that we were getting it then. It, like, I, and I say that as somebody who was in the prime of his adolescence during Donkey Kong Country Mania. And I was a full-on fucking zealot when it came to Donkey Kong Country Mad. I could spend hours, believe it or not, I could spend hours talking about Donkey Kong Country without missing a beat. Uh, yeah, I, you know, oh, oh, the follies. Without missing you. a jungle beat. Yes. Uh, that was, it was 10 years out from jungle beat, my friend, but I, I didn't know that term, but I, I, I could sit with my friend or I could just go crawl into the recesses of my own brain, which as an only child and an introvert, 
I would often do. And just imagine all the possibilities for Donkey Kong games outside of the mold of Donkey Kong Country or Donkey Kong Land. What else could Rare do with this property of Donkey Kong Country? And I I remember thinking, oh, you know who should get a game? Squats. I would play a Squats game. I want to play a Squawks game. I think everybody would play a Squawks game. I'm not poo-pooing a Squawks game. But. Yeah. Enough with the (laughs) poo-poo. And one of my ideas for the Squawks game was what if Squawks could uh, poo-poo on Kremlin cars? (laughs) Yeah. Well, what a lovely idea. Yeah. I I still think uh, there's a million dollar idea in there. But maybe not million seller ideas, but if you charge... Like five hundred, you'll do it for a million dollars. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars for a copy of Squawks Poos on Cars. I think two people would buy it. Three people, four people. I can't fault his business model. <laughs> Has he ever thought of buying Twitter? No, but I thought about buying Squitter. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I reckon if everyone who uh, follows DK Vine on social media and all the rest of it club together, we could buy Squitter off Nintendo. Come on. Let's make this happen. I've never Be the change you want to see in the world. I've never thought about it that way, Matt. Yeah, we, we, sh- we should just make a, a massive play to buy an underloved Donkey Kong character, and then it would be ours to do with what we wish. We can buy Squitter and ruin it. We No, we already said how much like the buyout just enriches the absurdity of what we do. Imagine if we split it up even further, and, and we develop our own shell corporation just to own... Squitter and the llama from Donkey Kong 64. Those two. <laughs> Dalai the llama, I believe, was named. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that I, all right? I'm sure that's all right. I'm sure, uh, yeah. I, you know, I haven't reanalyzed some of those fan names we, we gave, but we're talking about Taj in this episode. Is that all right? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Diddy Kong Racing had some it. incredible nerve. Like, taking a mascot racer with a bunch of no-name characters the very same year Mario Kart 64 was released and saying, yeah, this game, this game right here, it's going to be the first one self-published by Rare. That's right. Also, it's going to be Nintendo's big holiday title for 1997. Also, it's not starring Donkey Kong, but it's starring Diddy Kong. All right, and go. Well, I mean, one thing... uh really strikes me about it is what you said at first about it being a mascot race mascot racer with a bunch of nobodies which i think is genius oh yeah oh yeah it's like a parody it's like a satire of mario kart 64 right and this is before mario kart really became the ingrained institution that it's become where every console you're guaranteed to get a mario kart game and we're going to have all these Mario Kart clones, you know, uh, all, all of these uh, other franchises trying to do their own Mario Kart. I mean, eventually Sonic even had Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing and Banjo and Kazooie were in that one. But but I've, I go back and forth on this. I've not really fully formed my thoughts on it. But is so the thing about that is a mascot racer hadn't really at that time been established as a thing right i don't think outside of mario kart and i also i'm thinking fighting games and such like that it would be quite normal for them to have a cast of characters that 
aren't anyone. Yeah. So I, I go back and forth. Is it a brilliant kind of semi-parodic thing, or is it just what you do? Yeah, I, I think it was. I, I prefer to think the former. I, 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 I understand. I, I, I do think it was before the idea of the mascot racer was cemented. Because like I said, there had only been two Mario Kart games at this point, And Diddy Kong Racing was actually developed concurrently at the same time as Mario Kart 64, more or less. So Yeah, that's something a lot of people don't appreciate, I think, as well. It's not really influenced by Mario Kart 64 at all. No. It, it's influenced by Super Mario Kart. And RC Pro-Am, which it originally was going to be yeah. Pro-Am 64 before Diddy uh, sort of uh, edged his way into the game. It just, so, it just so happens that if you take the formula of RC Pro-Am and Super Mario Kart and and you put them in a blender, you would get something very close to Mario Kart 64. But yeah, everybody views Diddy Kong Racing as a response to Mario Kart 64, and it really wasn't that. It was more of just a parallel evolution. Uh, uh, and it just, you know, Mario Kart 64 was done first, and Rare... I'm sure Rare was influenced by Mario Kart 64 after it was released, because there was almost a year between the two. Not quite, but... I, I'm sure they then saw that and were like, well, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that. But it wasn't a direct Maybe response. we should have a girl one in it. Yeah, yeah. I I think that it, it definitely precedes the notion of a mascot racer before that idea was ingrained. And so, no, it's probably not actually trying to be subversive. It's just, well, you know, Mario Kart... But that cast list in the intro... It reads to me like a piss take. <laughs> when you don't know who any of them are, they're, they're presented with this fanfare. I don't know. Matt, you and I have... I like it for that reason. We've had this conversation a lot about this era of Rare and about these games in the DKU, these early games. And we've had the debate between us, is this a piss take or not? Like, was King K. Rule originally just a piss take on big, stupid, green bosses in platform games? Yes. Uh, I, I think it was. I, I think it was. A lot of people... Yeah, definitely. But it, it, it's hard because you have to have been there when the game came out and stripped of the context of later games. Eventually, they took K. Roll in new directions and made him his own character, his, his own funny, unique uh, take. But in the original Donkey Kong Country, I would say he's nothing more than a piss take. They, they fleshed him out. They made him a deep... In- interesting character so much so that there was a massive fan campaign to get him into Smash Brothers, which worked. But back in 1994, K. Rool was absolutely just a laugh. He was just, ha ha, this, this character sucks. <laughs> the end. Game shipped. Give us our uh, millions of dollars now, please. Well, it's the classic thing. Is you, you start with a piss take and you end up with... Um, I... I... No, you're you're right though. You're right. Like I think so much of what Rare was doing now was that sort of a got away from me. No, but you're what Rare was doing during this period of their collaboration with Nintendo was taking concepts pioneered by Nintendo and like having uh ha- having some uh, cheeky fun with it and saying, okay, Nintendo, this is this is the Nintendo trope. We're going to subvert it. 
and maybe it'll become its own thing. You know, maybe the snowball effect, it, it'll just start as a, a parody or a play or our own spit on it, and it'll develop its own identity over time. I think that's what happened with Banjo-Kazooie. I mean, Banjo-Kazooie was just Super Mario 64, but now Rare's doing it. Uh, but it evolved into its own beast, and then Banjo-Tooie felt like nothing else. And yeah, I, so I, I think that Diddy Kong Racing might have had some parody elements in it for sure even though that might be a harder argument than the k rule one just because the kart racing genre wasn't fully established yet yeah it's a bit of a stretch to say it's taking the piss out of something that hasn't been established it's only there's only been one game of it'll be interesting to see if diddy kong racing it's a bit more pointed if it's true if diddy kong racing does come back on nso plus expansion pack it'll be interesting to see if people read it like that, if if now with the benefit yeah. of hindsight and all these younger people who've never played Diddy Kong Racing, if they're exposed to it now, they're like, oh, it's a parody. And whether that's yeah. true or not, that will be how it, it's it's read. But yeah, the, the fact that so much was put on a Diddy Kong Racing, that it was by default Nintendo's big holiday title, because this was the year before Pokemon came to the West. Right, this was the year before Ocarina of Time was released, and this was the year after the Nintendo sixty four launch. So Nintendo didn't have any offerings; they were relying on Banjo Kazooie to be their big holiday release. And then Rare was like, "Oopsie doodles! Guess what? That's not going to be ready until summer." At the time, they said spring because they were still overly optimistic, but it wasn't ready until uh, late June ninety eight. To, to be released and so rare was so uh rare was so on the ball rare was so uh, just at the top of their or their game uh in the mid to late 90s that they were like yeah sorry nintendo you're without a big holiday title ah gotcha we actually have another game that probably can be done in time uh, surprise, here it is. It's called Pro-Am 64. And Nintendo was like, well, that's no good. No, no kid's going to buy a game called Pro-Am 64. Uh, what if we put a Donkey Kong character as the lead? And uh, and, there were, and Rare was eventually like, all right, uh, what about Diddy? And Nintendo's like, ah, you could have said Donkey Kong, but you said Diddy Kong. We admire that. All right, here you go. Did, Diddy Kong is going to be the star of the game. Diddy Kong Racing. And by the way, these are all uh, verbatim transcripts from meetings between Nintendo and Rareware. Yeah, especially the bit where he said "Oopsie Doodles." Oopsie Doodles. It's it's look it up in the science. Especially book. that. They're just just the the way this game was uh, locked down in such a short amount of time. It never feels like it was rushed. It feels like a complete product, and the fact that it was announced. Two months before its release, and then went on to become the highest reserved game at that time, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. It, it reigned as the king of the 1997 holiday season. It starred Diddy Kong. It felt like a fever dream, Matt. Like, a, as a Donkey Kong Country diehard at that point, as somebody who had decided to devote his life to this absurdity, who, who said, you know what, Donkey Kong Country was everything I've ever wanted in a video game. 
Uh, I'm done. I'm done with other video games. I just want to see what's next. And I want to see sequels and I want to see spinoffs. I want Squawks to have a spinoff. I want Squitter to have a spinoff. And then when Banjo-Kazooie and Conker were announced, and for more on that, listen to the episode I did with Dustin Jackson about Banjo-Kazooie and Conker in the summer of 1997, uh, where I get into the feelings at that time. But when Banjo-Kazooie and Conker were announced, I was like... This isn't Donkey Kong. Oh, if only these could be related to Donkey Kong in some way. Oh, maybe Banjo will be a relative of the Brothers Bear. Oh. And then they announced Diddy Kong Racing. And hey, guess what? Guess what? Banjo and Conker are actually going to debut first in Diddy Kong Racing. Kapow! Spinoffs. Kapow! Kapow! Kapow. It's interesting to hear that you... uh... Uh, ready to embrace it immediately, though, especially at the time given that your previous experience with Donkey Kong and the Donkey Kong universe was the more realistic end of the cartoony scale. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and that's, that's also the thing. Diddy Kong Racing sort of broke the mold for this shared universe in that it introduced a bunch of other talking animals. Like up until this point, the only animals that were verified to be able to speak uh, proper human language were the Kongs and the Kremlins and then the bears. And then to have fucking talking squirrels and and talking badgers, it might have been a bridge too far, but I think I was just so happy to have, one, this backdoor pilot for Banjo-Kazooie and Conker's Quest, and two, to have a game starring Diddy Kong, which was sort of just the um, the end goal of his character arc, right? Like, Donkey Kong Country 2, he becomes a video game hero. And it was like, okay, so now he should have video games apart from Donkey Kong. And we got that two years later. And I thought, this is just the beginning. Diddy Kong is going to have all sorts of adventures away from Donkey Kong. Wasn't really the case, you know, but... Diddy Kong Crown Green Bowling! It, it, none of it felt real at the time. It felt like I was going to wake up at any moment and, and be like, oh, that was a delightful dream. A bit weird, though, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, no, I pissed myself overnight. Another exact transcript from the time. It's good that you kept transcripts of your internal monologue at age, whatever age you were at the time. I was diligent, Matt. I, I was diligent and dedicated to... Everything that went on around this time, which is why I've been able to get 10 years of podcasts out of this era. When you factor in that this was a racing game with a storyline, and that the storyline was a magic space wizard who was a pig, descended upon a subtropical island that was a tourist destination due to its legendary go-kart tracks... Taking it over while the proprietors of the island were visiting Donkey Kong Island, as seen in Donkey Kong Country 1 and Donkey Kong Land 1 and Donkey Kong Country 2 in the background and Donkey Kong Land 2 in the background. Uh, and they forced uh, that, that forced their tiger son, Lil Timber, to enlist the guy who he knew from Donkey Kong Island as a toddler who now has become a big video game hero in his own right he had to call him up and say, hey, get me out of this pickle, Diddy Kong. And that was the story, Matt. And it's stupid. It's stupid and it's ludicrous. And I love every little bit of it. I love that it's a racing game with a story. 
How yeah. can you not love that? Do you do you know um, what the story to Mario Kart 64 was, Matt? Um, yes, I do. Right. One day, Mario and some villains and associates decided to have a race. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the story to any Mario Kart game. And Lakitu volunteered to officiate. That's that's an exact quote from the manual. Yeah. That 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 that's the story to every racing game almost is what if We're doing these... a lot of slagging off of Mario Kart 64 in this episode as it should be. <laughs> I liked Mario Kart 64. I like Mario Kart 64. Everyone likes Mario Kart 64. Just just a discla- that's just by way of a disclaimer and we will continue to slag it off for the entirety of the rest of this episode i remember back in the 90s when i was playing this for the first time my friend daryl who was your is my elliot except i'm still in touch i i <laughs> I, I know we of daryl stanley Darryl, the bugman feature together yes daryl's contributed a legendary feature to dk vine anyway what he said at the time and he probably doesn't remember saying this so I, i'm at liberty to make up quotes from him really he said the Big difference between Mario Kart 64 and Diddy Kong Racing is in Diddy Kong Racing, it genuinely seems like the characters are having fun. That's that's a good point. And considering their island is under siege by a tyrannical They're really enjoying themselves considering the peril. There's the sense in Diddy Kong Racing that they're all in this together. Even though they're racing each other, even though they're competing for the right to face Wizpig, they're still doing this as a team. Whereas Mario Kart feels very antagonistic. It feels like we want to tear each other down to get that gold trophy. Where, where Diddy Kong Racing, it's just like, well, whichever one of us can do it, good for them. We just all need to do it together. And, and I, I like that sense of camaraderie with diddy kong racing even though it's a competitive game even though you're all at each other's throats it never feels like there's any true ill will at the end of the day and maybe that has to do with also with the characters of taj and tt who are there as sort of moral support and they they give you <laughs> yeah. a they give you an attaboy every time you do yeah. something and, and it's just they, it's, they refer to you as friend friend and this is that this is for you i'm giving you a balloon oh my god that's for me like oh i did so well oh and then tt's like uh well done you know you beat my time and i'm like oh wow and you get so much in the way of ego fluffing from Diddy Kong Racing. Where's even the bosses? The bosses. Well done. Now try my new challenge. That was a generic Diddy Kong Racing boss voice. There, not any specific one. They all sound sort of like that. They they do. They do sound like your stock Matt Corner characters, as uh, as they no should. Done. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, even even the brainwashed bosses who who have been uh. Sort of uh, taken under the spell of Whizpig, 
they're not so brainwashed that they can't give you uh, some some positive affirmations along the way. The only character who's truly a piece of shit in Diddy Kong Racing is Whizpig. He calls you a little worm. He does a little wiggle in front of you, and, <laughs> and you're you're just oh like, no no wiggle. Yeah, this guy sucks. This guy Whizpig. So I want to take this guy down, but luckily I have my friends. What an absolute anus. <laughs> <laughs> I've been immersing myself in Diddy Kong Racing this week, yes. as I said earlier. Um, um, I'd quite forgotten how much I enjoyed it. Well, I hadn't no, you forgotten. Haven't. You I, haven't forgotten. I, 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 but it wasn't in the forefront of my memory. One observation. My partner is fed up. Oh, by the way, not showing off. I've got a partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next thing you know, you're going to be video chatting your dinner in public. <laughs> well, that's the next stage, isn't it? To you prove, asshole. To prove to everyone around me that I'm 25 years old. <laughs> uh, anyway, she's fed up of the uh, this sound. this episode need to be uh, uh, uh. i think this is delightful podcasting i think so too uh the other observation she made was um i like how she looks over her shoulder when she reverses referring to pipsy yeah yeah that's something they didn't do in mario kart for quite a long time uh after (laughs) diddy kong race diddy kong racing was a pioneer in a lot of ways, including uh, looking over your shoulder as you reverse. That's what it's known for. It's the looking over your shoulder while you reverse game. The fact that it should the, be the first sentence in Wikipedia. The, the fact the fact that the characters were polygonal models and not sprites, as in Mario Kart sixty four, definitely helped with that. But that was something Diddy Kong Racing uh, really promoted at the time was that they had real-time dynamic animations where characters would react to each other uh and actually respond to the races that were happening and they weren't just static little pieces of artwork they were actually living breathing characters reacting to the mayhem around them which is something that of course mario kart 8 was famous for and i'm just like yeah that's great you get all those memes of luigi looking pissed but hey uh, I, I was making... You shouldn't drive a cart whilst pissed, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's driving, cool. driving a plane, flying a plane and a hovercraft, that's completely oh, that's okay. fine. Yeah. Because there's nobody to hit in the air. Think think it through. There's no, no, no other... You're not going to hit another plane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but Diddy Kong Racing was just so ahead of its time. And, um... I think... It's it it's ahead of its time, and yes, Mario Kart would eventually implement some of its uh, stylistic touches, uh, including taking you into the air and land, uh, sort of. But or take take taking you into the air and water, sort of. Uh, obviously, the land was already in play, but the the fact that I don't think we've ever had anything quite like Diddy Kong Racing, definitely before, but actually sense i know games have come close in some respects like crash team racing but e- even games that come close to capturing the spirit of donkey of, of diddy kong racing's mechanics or 
even the whole aspect of this is an adventure in a racing game. I think they play it far more safe uh, in, in in one aspect or another than Diddy Kong Racing did. Diddy Kong Racing put all of its cards on the table and said, "I'm all in." Whatever that means. I don't I don't play poker, but you know you know it was just like yeah you know what I'm leaving nothing. I'm leaving nothing. Like this this is it. Uh, we're going full crazy tilt with this. Uh, are you gonna buy us or not? And people bought. People bought the game. Yeah, uh, hot, hot on the coattails of Super Mario 64's system of opening up worlds with stars. Yes, they adopted a similar adventure idea. Yeah, I I really must play Crash Team Racing. Uh, it's been mentioned once or twice, or by I think by old TJ. TJ and uh, Jeff and I did an episode that really heavily played into it where we were complaining about how Donkey Kong will never get a Crash Team Racing game uh, that just celebrates the vast network of Donkey Kong characters that exist. The difference between Crash Team Racing and Diddy Kong Racing or any other kart racer in Diddy Kong Racing is that, as, as we said, aside from Diddy Kong, who was Proven as a character, but not proven as carrying his own brand yet. Because even the game he starred in, uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, was still branded as Donkey Kong Country 2 or Super Donkey Kong 2 in Japan. Um, This is the first time he was taken, like, as his own brand. Like, oh, this isn't Donkey Kong Country. This is Diddy Kong Racing. There were no established characters aside from Diddy. In Diddy Kong Racing, they were all brand new, as we mentioned. And sure, those who kept abreast of video game news through magazines or the still young commercial internet knew that Banjo and Conker were the stars of unreleased rare games in production. But when Banjo Kazooie was delayed, Diddy Kong Racing had to do, had to, they had to do the heavy lifting. It had to really. Uh, boost Banjo and Conker by introducing these characters within the context and relation to Diddy Kong himself, which I think is just the most brilliant thing that Rare basically had a bunch of lemons and they were like, we can make lemonade out of this. What we're going to do is we're going to sort of retroactively make Banjo and Conker Donkey Kong characters, and that will trick the kids into buying their games. Hmm. I'm trying to think back to those to those heady days, and whether at the time I thought uh, Diddy Kong Racing actually came out later and was oh really yeah a kind of mascot racer of characters already established in their own series or not. And the answer to that is I can't remember. But I'm sure that must be a perception that was quite common in the late 90s, early noughties. I, you know, I think anybody who was paying attention, who was a, a Nintendo Yes, kid, but I wasn't paying attention, was I? Well, no, but I'm not including you with this, am I? I think anybody who was paying attention, who was a Nintendo child, like, they, they knew that, hey, yeah, 
Diddy Kong Racing came first. Here's Banjo and Conker. Oh, I remember that bear from uh, Diddy Kong Racing. He has his own game now. Oh, well, yeah, I, I will spend $60 on that. Uh, oh, Conker's Pocket Tales. Wow, they're really digging deep into Diddy Kong Racing's cast now. But I, I think that's certainly how people, a lot of people remember it now or or half remember it i think a lot of people look back on diddy kong well we were we were talking earlier about how it might be perceived if it gets the nso re-release yeah and that will almost certainly be what people are left with the impression i i think a lot of people do view it as a like a big rare mascot racer and they forget that or they they don't forget they don't know that in the instruction manual on the website and all the promotional material it was like, oh, here's this brand new character. His name is Banjo. Before he even starts his partnership with Kazooie, he answers Squawks' call for help from Diddy. Uh, here's this character, Conker. He loved nuts. He loves them nuts. He uh, he also met Diddy on an adventure with Donkey Kong. You've got Kong. the manual in front of you, have you? Yeah, verbatim, once That's again. That's cheating. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that... It wasn't like, oh, you all know the character of Conker from Conker's Pocket Tales. Here he is again, racing them carts. There was none of that because it wasn't the case. And and Jeff, he, he he's pointed he's pointed out in past conversations on this topic that even if Rare like did do a a new game in the mold of Diddy Kong Racing, a Rare Racers game. They wouldn't do it in this mold anymore. They wouldn't just fill it up with a bunch of nobodies. They would have a Rare Racers game, and it would have Banjo in it, sure. It would have Kazooie. It would have Conker. But it would also have Rash the Battletoad. It would have Joanna Dark. And so on. Maybe we would get a Timber or a TT from Diddy Kong Racing. But you wouldn't see a game, a, a cast list populated by a bunch of uh, randos, as the 25-year-old meal vloggers would call it. Yeah, and that's borne out by every subsequent Rare Racers game uh, featuring re- returning characters, if we are to count Diddy Kong Pilot, Donkey Kong Racing, and Banjo Pilot. Yeah, or, or even Which the... Which I suppose uh... we must... The, the the attempts to get a kart racer off the ground during the Xbox years for, for the Xbox platform, like a Fast and the Furious, where you, you would have, again, like Joanna Dark and and Rash and, and Saberman, and you wouldn't really go into new territory and say, yes, here is this character, uh, Andy the Aardvark. Well, well, there we go, you see. So while Jeff is probably right to say that if rare were to do it again they wouldn't do it like this i would argue they should yeah let's have andy the aardvark (laughs) kenneth the mammoth and come on think of a species and i'll think of a name come on oh uh the uh the blobfish okay um benjamin (laughs) benjamin the blobfish the you know, yeah, and this it, is content, isn't it? I think I think this is another Guinness World Record waiting to happen, but nobody's going to listen to our opinion, Matt. No one's going to listen to our opinion, and that is the uh, real tragedy of our days. You're right. You're you're so right. I'm right. Yeah, we're both right. <laughs> so right. We're so both right. 
And as you were already right about, they were going to get away with this. They, they were going to get away from the formula of Diddy Kong Racing with Don- Diddy Kong Racing's two planned sequels. Keep wanting to say it. Donkey Kong Racing and Diddy Kong Pilot because they were both going to be filled with just Donkey Kong characters. And at a brief time for Diddy Kong Pilot, Mario characters, weirdly. Uh, we were going to get Taj and Donkey Kong Racing. Crunch was at one point at least the basis for the Kremlin and Diddy Kong pilot. And we were maybe going to get like uh, some original characters like Redneck Kong, but you weren't really going to go down the path of Diddy Kong Racing again. Even though Diddy Kong Racing was a massive, massive success and everybody was pleased with it, they were still going to play it safe with the sequels and be like, well, okay, we got lucky, but we should probably have a game full of uh, Donkey Kong and Kitty Kong and Cranky Kong. Yeah. But Diddy Kong Racing is great precisely because it trades on your affection for Diddy Kong and says, hey, you really like Diddy Kong. You love him. Now you can also care about these nine new weirdos. And damn it, it worked. It created lifelong bonds with characters we've barely seen in the last 25 years. Barely seen and barely stopped thinking about you mentioned fighting games, and I think that is an app. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I'm glad you did. It perfectly set us up for what I want to talk about next. It took oh. the fighting game philosophy uh, of your Mortal Kombat's, of your Street Fighters, of your Clay Fighters even, and it said, what if we applied that to a game like Mario Kart? What if we went the fighting game route of giving every character a little thing? That they're fighting for, or in this case, that they're racing for. What if we give every stupid character in the stupid game full of stupid animals an arc? Mm, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. How about this? So when I play Mario... I'll name a character, uh-huh. and you, you can say what their thing is. How about that? Okay. Diddy Kong. Well, Diddy Kong, of course, he's the big damn hero of the game. And, and of course, Diddy Kong's thing is basically taking Timber's thing, because Timber was originally the star of the game. Diddy is the one who's answering Timber's call for help. He is the established video game hero, the one with history for once. He's basically continuing his story from Donkey Kong Country 2, where, hey, I'm an established video game hero. I'm here to help. He's basically... I'm a hero. Give me a racing game. Yeah, he's basically the Batman of the game. He's like... Or the Superman, where, oh, I hear there's trouble here. Problem solved. I'm here, yeah. What other ones are there? Well, there's Timber. Oh. Oh, yes. Okay. Timber. What's his one? Uh, he... Timber, of course, he was going to be the star of Pro-Am 64. Timber! Now he's kind of the hapless, uh, the hapless uh, hero who is in over his head. He is racing for his family's island to be liberated because he doesn't want to get blamed for it. It's a classic kids media plot where, oh, something bad has happened, but for whatever reason... My mom and dad are gonna kill me! I can't tell my parents. Even though I think they would perfectly understand if an alien invasion happened, wouldn't be my fault per per se, but as far as Timbers goes, oh no, I have to be... I have to prove myself to be the responsible caretaker of this island that is in my name. Therefore... I must solve this mess myself. This mess being a space pig wizard. Yeah, a little shout out as well to the uh, unnamed but mentioned 
characters in the story. Yes. Timber's family. Timber's family, yes. The tigers. The the, the tiger, tiger family, family, yeah. We, we, his parents, at least. He maybe has siblings who also went on this vacation to Donkey Kong Island. But how? it must suck for Timber. I think Timber. it just says family, doesn't it? Yeah, it must suck for Timber to be left behind. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, we're going it's, to... It's a veritable Home Alone situation. Which really does help play into the uh, ostensible holiday setting of the game the feeling of yeah. the holiday season now we got Other... pipsy we got pipsy matt pipsy is a mouse and this mouse is now without a house she is homeless no Wiz- Wizpig took over the mountains he holed himself up in the mountains of timbers island and that's where pipsy lived and now pipsy is racing to get her home back i've written a little poem about pipsy i'd love to hear it yeah I like Pipsy. Pipsy is a mouse. I like Pipsy. Wizpig squashed her house. Oh. That's the end of the poem. That's a brilliant I've written that poem. down on a piece of paper. Now, that wasn't a haiku. I wasn't counting syllables, but I don't think that was a haiku, was it? Um, go on, then. Yeah. <laughs> it depends how you pronounce it, really. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you slur your speech, you could probably get it to a haiku. Yeah. And get pretty much anything into a syllable. Bumper. Bumper the Badger. He is the pure racer of the bunch. The others aren't necessarily about racing so much. They're, 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 they have their own motivations. They're doing this nonsense to meet an objective. Bumper, he's the one who's all about racing. He lives for speed. He's devoted his life to the craft of racing. He's the one, I think, the only one in the renders apart from Diddy Kong, holding uh, mechanics tools. Yes. I might be misremembering. And he's the only one who wears proper head protection. Yeah, so he's the only one who's not got eye troubles in later life. Or brain damage. Unless he's, <laughs> unless it's true about what they say about masturbating, having your eyes out. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's actually legally blind now because of the furious public masturbation that he engaged in which landed him in jail which we will we will touch upon what he touched upon in just a little bit tip top in the character witness episode we do inevitably inevitably yeah tip top yes tell me about tip top Tip top. okay tip top is the actual opposite uh, of bumper on the scales tip top hates racing and is actually perpetually nervous about anything that that involves high speed He's only doing this. Is, this. is this inferred from his voice clips? It's actually in the instruction manual. Tipped up does it, it says like tipped up doesn't like the high speed thrills. Should have done my revision, shouldn't I? That's embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, that's fine. I've been shamed on the conversation. It's fine because most most people now associate tipped up with fathering like twenty children. So he 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 was actually he was actually perpetually nervous about. Uh, contraception and uh and and family planning and that's why uh oopsie doodles <laughs> oopsie doodles oopsie doodles tell I me about banjo it. and conquer uh okay banjo and conquer kind of both have the same arc because they're let's be honest they're both backdoor characters to get their own game banjo and conquer are both just acquaintances of diddy who diddy met 
during Unseen Romps with Donkey Kong, which I think plays a little bit off the Donkey Kong Country 3 story from the previous year, where Donkey and Diddy just go off on little adventures uh, around the what, what we now know as the Rare Archipelago. I think Diddy Kong Racing really cemented the idea that this is definitely an archipelago because, you know, up until this point, we had had Donkey Kong Island, we had Crocodile Isle, and then we had the Northern Hemisphere. And then Diddy Kong Racing said, oh yeah, and there's also Timbers Island and by extension, wherever Banjo and Conker live is also included in this. So th- this is the game that really cemented that, yeah, this is a massive sprawling chain of islands. But yeah, Banjo and Conker are just acquaintances of Diddy who met Diddy at some point when he was exploring the archipelago with Donkey Kong. And they answered the call for help uh, when, when Diddy was like, hey, I'm going to need some backup to help liberate the island, but I can't invite any Kongs because Timber's family is on Donkey Kong Island. Who am I going to reach out to? Well, I met this bear uh, last year when I was uh, frolicking with Donkey Kong. I met this squirrel once. That that was weird. I'm going to get this bear and the squirrel to help me. And so that's really what Banjo and Kong are all about. It's really about setting what up their own... What does the story say on that? So does, does Diddy Kong send squawks out with messages to them or are they en route uh no he he does send squawks at least the banjo it, it specifically says squawks comes to banjo's house thanks for clarifying yeah so um, so anyway yeah it, and it specifically says that uh diddy met conquer on one of his endless adventures with donkey kong Banjo and Conker, it, it basically sets up their own character arcs that would later be explored in their own games. And it, it even says so much in Banjo's biography, where it's like, before his uh, adventuring partnership with Kazooie, he's doing this. So it basically puts the kernel of the idea, plants it into their fertile mind soil, where, hey, we could be heroes. We, we, we could be adventurers. Why not Just for us? one day. Yeah. Now, Drumstick, who, of course, is the first hidden character in the game, he is uh, he basically Drumstick. Or he, he, I mean, that, that's all he is. He's Drumstick. He is the best racer on the island. Better than Bumper. Yeah, lauded by the residents of Timber's Island as the champion to challenge Whizpig. Yeah. In fact, supposedly he went up to challenge him straight away, straight off the bat. Yeah. Basically, uh, uninvited and said, knock, knock. Who's there? Drumstick. Drumstick who? Drumstick up your ass. And then he became a frog. That's how that panned out. Hey, uh, to answer a query that you had on, because I did listen to the uh, Diddy Kong Racing Spotlight episodes and I wrote down so anything that I could help with. Sure. Uh, when you squash frog, frog, when you squash frogs on the uh, Timbers Island main bit. Uh, they do reinflate. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're, Immediately. You're not committing mass frogicide. No, no frog murder takes place in Diddy Kong Racing. But yeah, so, so Drumstick is just kind of uh, hidden in plain sight. And then when you, uh, you advance far enough in the game, you can see the little uh, chicken parts growing out of the frog. And then you're like, ah, there's where chicken Drumstick parts. is. Chicken parts. Yeah, chicken parts. Clinical term. Sorry, yes, I'm scientist, aren't I? 
I would say Drumstick has less of an arc and more of a you have to save him. And then he just joins the gang after the fact. Like, okay, well, I was a frog. Now I'm not. Now I'm a chicken again. Here I am. I'm Drumstick. Then there's TT, and TT is just TT. He is perfect in every way. TT is, of course, the in, in the original version at least, the highest tiered secret character. He is the one who manages the racetracks. He's the one in charge of. Is he not the highest tiered? Oh uh, no, no, no! Yes. I I, th- I think he is, but you know, you also have Whizpig and Taj playable in Diddy Kong Racing DS. So I was just saying, like, he is like the biggest get, the biggest obtainable get in the original N64 version. And you have to do it by clearing out all of the time trials, which isn't easy. It isn't, it isn't easy at all, especially no. when you're a kid. It's brain-meltingly difficult and upsetting and cruel yes, and unusual. But once you unlock TT, it's the greatest feeling in the world. And T. I love TT because he's just an anthropomorphic stopwatch and he's a jolly, jolly, pure soul. And now uh, I think we can get to the bottom of something here. Sure. What does TT stand for? TT actually stands for TikTok. Well, I thought it was time trial. As most people would. And I think it's supposed to be a testicle tickler. I mean, in, in, in certain cases, mine included, for sure. But I think that it's supposed to be deliberately ambiguous. But in the actual f- game file, it says TikTok. And and so that, that is what TT stands for, at least legally. <laughs> How about this? Uh, now, as you know, when you unlock TT, you can still encounter another TT. Sure. In... The lobbies of various worlds in Diddy Kong Racing. How do we explain this? Well, this character is also called TT, but in this case, it stands for TT's twin. Wouldn't that be TTT? No, because the T stands for TT. Oh. Oh. Keep up. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep up with your science brain, Matt. Well, very few people can, Hyle. Very few people can. Now, now I just want to have a series. Just, uh, just crossing off my notes. When you squash frogs, they reinflate. Now, Tick. now, now I want like a, a series of shorts with you in the lab, like wearing your coat and got your, uh, you've got your pipe because you, you're a scientist. You're a distinguished scientist, and you, you just give science facts. Science facts. Uh. Did you know that Concord travels at the speed of light? Science facts. You know what? Screw the screw the YouTube shorts. We'll just make this a reoccurring segment on the conversation. <laughs> Matt, science facts. Every yeah. time one of us needs to run to the bathroom, we'll bring in Matt. Matt can do science facts. Yeah, no problem. But anyway, yeah, there there is a reason. For everything to exist the way it does in Diddy Kong Racing, even if that reason is half-baked or nonsensical. And that is delightful in and of itself. It gives everything in the game world, every single race you engage in, every location you visit, gives it this implied history 
And yes, lore. And it really makes you stop and savor everything in this mad, cartoony world. And I, I think the way uh, Lee Shuneman, the, uh, the director behind Diddy Kong Racing, envisioned the game's world as a theme park, I think it was based off of Disneyland, but a theme park where real life happens for these characters. It's not, you know, it, it is a tourist destination. People come to Timbers Island to engage in the racetracks as it were uh, a theme park to them. But for the characters, this is where they live. This is real stakes. It isn't just, uh, oh, this, oh, it's a shame that terrorists took over Disneyland. Oh, we can't visit Disneyland uh, next year. It's like, oh, no, we live in Disneyland, and now we need to liberate it from the space Nazis. And that's what makes it so immensely appealing to me, is that it's just gobbledygook, but it's gobbledygook (laughs) within ingrained logic and reason. It takes itself so damn seriously. It's so earnest and matter-of-fact about its silliness and that is really what makes Diddy Kong Racing so sublime, in my uh, opinion. You've uh, spoken at length on other podcasts about how you you used to like, I don't know if you still do, I reckon you still do like spending a long time in Mario Kart 64, just driving off the beaten track. Yes. And exploring the world. Yes. I would say this game is so much more fun for that very thing yes because every level is full of uh, exciting nooks and crannies to explore but you you can not really achieve anything by doing so what's great is there's no angry turtle in a cloud to say hey you've driven too far get over here get back to the race what are you doing this is mario kart fuck you you don't get to make your own fun uh, Diddy Kong Racing doesn't do that. If you get off the track, uh, tough titties, you have to get back on yourself. What fun things do you like to do? I like to take a plane in Star City and try and land it on one of the towers in the first bit. Yeah, that that is something you actually can do. And I like uh, Snowflake Mountain. Uh, I, I like, uh, what is it, Everfrost Peak? Um I like uh, going off the beaten path and finding all the fun snowmen hidden on the on the, yes. the corners because uh, there there are like these uh, these snowmen that you never see unless you just fly off the corner and you're like oh wow there's a bunch of snowmen up here what the hell in Mario Kart they wouldn't even bother to put anything there it would just cut off like the backside of Peach's castle yes it, in Super Mario sixty four which is uh, the bane of my thought when it comes to anything to do with that game it's like yeah yeah it was, it was a revolutionary game a lot of fun but uh you know they didn't put the back half of peach's castle on the top so uh it's it's ruined the whole thing so just slagging off mario 64 as well might as well bring that into this into the crosshairs why this not cast enough people hate us already why not just uh widen that net a little bit more but it is like so goofy, Diddy Kong Racing. But but you know you've got the stock laughter when you start up the game. You know the famous Diddy laugh. Um, hold on, I I might have it. Uh, I might have it here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
<laughs> yeah, you got the Diddy laugh, and then you've got the the rare children, the children of, of rare staff in 1997 singing in the background of the meadow. One of our audiophile listeners will be able to put the backing track over that, and that will be another variant. <laughs> But Timber's Island music. The, hey, when you said Diddy laugh, yeah, uh, and I, I know you meant the children at the beginning, yes. But uh, what I always think when you say that is the yeah, yeah. Chris Sutherland, of course, doing doing the voice of Diddy for the first time. Uh, we we'd only heard like little monkey noises in uh, the Donkey Kong Country games, but here we have Diddy for the first time saying full words and and we hear them and it's like i'm diddy, I'm diddy. i want your opinion on this uh what do you think about the idea of trying to start a campaign another campaign to make diddy kong's new catchphrase his new catchphrase new catchphrase for diddy kong that voice clip that exact clip i don't think it would go over well and the only reason why not because Smash Brothers is so much bigger than Diddy Kong Racing. I'll shove Smash Brothers up your ass. I come here with an idea and just shoot it, you torpedo it immediately. So I'm now genuinely curious which Smash Brothers I could fit up my ass. I think the N64 one would be a little bit too chonky. I worry that anyone after that, the game case is going to be too big, unless you just mean the disc, and then I could surely you know, slide the disc up my ass. Although it might hurt. Switch version. Switch version. Oh, for sure. I've got it up my ass right now, Matt. I mean, that's no question. Well, I'm glad you've prepared for this episode as well. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I think unfortunately too many people only know Diddy now as a character in Smash Brothers, and so to them, the noises Diddy makes in Smash supersede any noises he might have made in the past including the the earliest noises he made in diddy kong racing hmm. does that mean that luigi's voice is now a pitch sifted version of mario's i've not played smash brothers since the n64 really. <laughs> <laughs> i'm referring to smash ultimate which i i feel like is is the oh, current no. tastemaker yeah and you know diddy, diddy is uh is definitely a part of that i i don't know i think it, it it feels like Diddy Kong Racing. It's such a a like unlike the Donkey Kong Country games, which at least the first two tried to have a little bit of like '90s attitude to it. Like, oh, here, yeah, yeah, it's a game with a bunch of animals, but here Diddy's gonna put his uh his baseball cap on backwards and he's gonna play a boombox, and uh, you know Dixie's gonna shred on the electric guitar. Oh, this game isn't for kids. This it, it kind of had that vibe to it. Where Diddy Kong Racing just embraces the fact that, uh, no, th- this game is meant for kids and families. And it doesn't shy away from that. And I think that there's this, this wholesomeness to it, despite the fact that characters would later be implicated in public masturbation and whatnot. I think there's this wholesomeness to it that it's still so weird that it never feels off-putting if you're, say, 13 or 14 years old and you're playing this game and you're trying to get away from kitty stuff because, you know, damn it, I want to be respected as a human being, as a, as a fledgling adult. But 
you play Diddy Kong Racing, you can't help but be charmed by it. And it is childhood filtered through a bit of an acid trip, is is it not? Like it's 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 the weird aspects of childhood. Well, well certainly when you speak to the genie of the island. Right. There's a, a purple haze element at play. A little bit, yeah. It there, there's enough weird about Diddy Kong Racing that it never feels like it goes full Disney. In his presentation, I mean, like, classic Disney. Because as a kid, I never really liked Disney. Uh, because I always felt like it was talking down to me as a kid. And I never felt like Diddy Kong Racing was talking down to me. I, I always felt like it was on my level, even if it Treating was... you as an equal, as a peer. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I know, I feel like even though Diddy Kong Racing was clearly aiming for a younger crowd, or a broader crowd than even Donkey Kong Country was... I, I never felt like it wasn't something I I couldn't engage in and enjoy all the same. It's a weird choice, that isn't it? Putting the kids' laughter at the beginning. I, I yeah, I mean that's Lee Shuneman wanted to do that. He wanted to like have it be like, hey, this is a family game for families and and kids. And uh, never really f- until just literally just now, I've never really thought about what that laughter is supposed to mean. Is that meant to be the characters? The, the you mean the, the denizens what, of Timbers Island? What's called the Diddy laugh? Yeah, well, I I I appreciate it's a stock sound effect, but in the continuity of the game, is that meant to be us overhearing the denizens of Timbers Island? I don't around? think they thought much about it. I think what it was was rare during those days. Licensed a lot of Hollywood sound libraries, and. Um, this this was uh, common before the days where, you know, video game studios would be able to fully invest in Foley Studios. Um, and uh, Diddy Kong Racing was when they were still in the barns at, at the Manor House before they moved to Manor Park, the, the new uh, rare studio that they're still at today. It was a sprawling campus. They would have these Hollywood sound libraries. And, you know, part of that was, you know, Donkey Kong's noise in Mario Kart 64 that would later be replicated throughout appearances he would make in other mario games of the n64 era that carburetor like engine sound it was actually a chimpanzee uh sound effect that nintendo pitched down it's quite funny when you hear that in other things yeah yeah and and rare someone ought to do a compilation of that on youtube i've not got the bandwidth for that project though someone else can do it whoever it is that's going to put the timbers island music over us doing the uh, childish la-la-las. Uh-huh. Once you're done with that, could you find every time the Donkey Kong noise has appeared in popular culture, put a YouTube compilation for my benefit, please. Thank you. <laughs> but the, uh, the, that noise was also used by Rare as conga in Banjo-Kazooie, and they got yes. it from the sound library. So, um, yeah, they, they just had this laughter, this child laughter that you will hear... And so many things, but for many people, especially of this generation, they first heard it and most heavily associated with Diddy Kong Racing, hence the name Diddy Laugh that's kind of become ubiquitous. Oh, that's the Diddy Laugh from Diddy Kong Racing. And I think they it was just Lee Shuneman wanting to set the vibes of the game uh, and that this is going to be sunshiny, uh, happy-go-lucky, racing-through-the-meadow-type game, uh, all are welcome, and we're going... You know, sex perverts need not apply to Diddy Kong yeah. Racing. Now, 
they missed a trick though, didn't they? Not having the intro to Diddy Kong Racing DS start with twenty uh, somethings going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only they could have just kept doing Diddy Kong Racing follow ups and just kept aging yeah. it up <laughs> until like I don't know, yeah. like they've got em- smokers coughs, yeah, emphysema, like. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted an opportunity to make noises on this podcast. I think that's all any of us really want when we agree to do a conversation. Yeah, and, and anyway, but it, it really was... Or dead air. I can do dead air as well. <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing really was just this burst of sunshine at, at a time of my life when I wouldn't have necessarily gravitated towards that, but... It was just this little bit of joy in a time of my life with, you know, middle school, junior high, uh, which which nobody enjoys here in the U.S., but I had Diddy Kong Racing to help get me through it. Plus the implicit promise that the story of Banjo and Conqueror would be continuing after Diddy Kong Racing with their own games. It made it feel like, oh, you know what, that I wanted there to be this ever-expanding shared universe of donkey kong and now i'm sort of getting it through this backdoor pilot and and so it made it felt like oh yeah i have diddy kong racing during the holiday season of 1997 and next year i'm gonna have banjo kazooie and then conquer shortly after that life is good we don't even have the donkey kong game for the n64 yet oh there is never going to be any end to the releases and to the opportunities and i i remember thinking what happens when we have characters spun out of banjo kazooie or conquer and then characters spun out of those games i was very very you were a regular little profit boy weren't you when you were young oh i didn't know all of this i didn't know it was just going to be banjo's goldfish and a half naked man in his (laughs) in his uh underpants and uh didn't know any of that i think i think on some level you knew Deep down, you knew. I hoped. You I didn't knew know. It was Mr. Pence. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what, what Rare did with this game. And while people try to fight it, some people try to deny it, Rare did create a shared universe. And that would have a lot of impact post-buyout. I, I think that people look at the buyout, some people look at the buyout and think, well, that was it. That was the nail in the coffin, right? That was the thing that ended any connection between Donkey and Diddy Kong and Banjo and Kazooie and Conker. It all ended there. So, yeah, you could say... Yeah, well, yeah. So, Ohio, what you don't really understand is as soon as the buyout happened, uh, everything that was canonical before no longer counts. It's been retconned. Have you ever heard of a retcon? It's called a retcon. So, yeah, it's, that's what happened there. It's that guy again. Yeah, I hate that guy. Sorry, sorry, Hyle. He keeps interrupting our, our podcast. Can can you get him out of the room? Yeah. Oi! Oi! What? What? Get lost! Uh. Right, he's gone. Oh, thank you. Oh, I can breathe. Stuffed shirt. So, despite, you know... R- auteurs at rare you know heading up the the teams like greg males uh has has washed his hands he was like i never intended banjo kazooie to be in the same shared universe as donkey kong chris siever has said the same was like oh conquer in the same universe as banjo no ew gross 
they've they've been on record as saying that was never their intention, but that was never rare as a studio's intention. As soon as Diddy Kong Racing became a thing, this is what the Stampers pushed. Lee Shuneman, of course, got this over the, the, the finish line wordplay with Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, and, and it was run with, uh, was, you know, Lee Loveday and, and others at the studio. And then people still at Rare and Platonic today really do play with this notion. I think that, yes, you can obviously say Craig Mail's never intended for Banjo-Kazooie or Project Dream before it to be a continuation of what he did with Donkey Kong. Chris Siever never really thought about how Conker, you know fit into the world of Banjo-Kazooie or Donkey Kong. But Diddy Kong Racing came along and said, oh, this is how it, this is how it works. Uh, they're friends. Yeah. So basically, Greg Mayles, basically, Chris Siever, it's not up to you. It's, I mean, it's, it's Diddy it's, Kong it's really Racing not, happened. It's really it's not, out of I, your hands. I obviously respect them greatly, and I respect their opinions. But uh, Diddy Kong Racing did happen. It did come out first. Uh, oopsie doodles. Oopsie doodles. Can that be the subtitle of this episode? <laughs> I'll put it in the metadata, Matt. Okay, thank you. If you search for Oopsie Doodles on YouTube, this will be the first thing that pops up. Okie doke. Oh, oh, I appreciate that. Let's not, let's not get okie doke in here. I can only handle so much metadata. But yeah, pe- people lose track they'll see these proclamations these word of god statements and they will lose track of oh yeah but it was established in the games you know uh, everybody has such a wikipedia oriented mind these days that they can't just look at things for themselves and say oh yeah but no actually in the game this is the way it was presented you've got diddy kong racing or some aspect of donkey kong referenced in every single Banjo-Kazooie game, except maybe Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge Missions. But but Donkey right. Kong is referenced, or Diddy Kong Racing is referenced, in some form or fashion, in every Banjo-Kazooie game. Up through Nuts and Bolts, where Nuts and Bolts... Right. Okay, well, we're going to have to challenge you on that one, Heil. All right. I believe you. Okay. I'm just, I just want to challenge you. Okay. Uh, so where where is it mentioned in Banjo Kazooie? Go. Uh, well, the fact that tipped up the turtle is in there from Diddy Kong Racing, and the fact that there is a beaver named Naughty is one. Where is it mentioned in Banjo Kazooie Grunty's Revenge? Uh, you visit the Tip Top Suite, where Tip Top's parents engaged in vigorous sexual intercourse and conceived Tip Top himself. Inferred canon. Uh, where is it mentioned in Banjo Tui? Uh, well, Tip Top engaged in some vigorous intercourse and uh, <laughs> was there for the birth of his twentieth child, Tip Top Junior. Uh, also, the fact that, of course, you know there is uh, a Donkey Kong doll, which isn't really you know anything to imply in universe that Donkey Kong exists, but there is a Donkey Kong doll. Y- yes. Banjo Kazooie, nuts and bolts. Uh, you missed Banjo Pilot there. My friend, that was deliberate. No, ban- it was accidental. Banjo Pilot, go. Banjo Pilot, got planes in it. No, it's got Espresso the ostrich in it from off of Donkey Kong. It's a big of one. Course. Yes, yes. I know all this. I don't know why I'm asking you. <laughs> no, we have, we have, we have, we have to explain to the youth. 
the youth who, yeah, who so were, the listeners at home, the twenty five year olds who were sharing their meal with their partners on their phones. Yeah. Uh, and then nuts and bolts, uh, banjo uh, mentions Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, he says, uh, "I was in a situation like this once. There was a, a there was a genie and a pig, and uh, and uh, later on, Diddy Kong Racing is actually referenced by name as Banjo's first appearance." So there you have it, listeners at home. Would we lie to you? We don't lie. No. Hey, on a completely unrelated note, yes, and maybe I don't know when would be the right time to ask you this. So I'll ask you now. Sure. Is Adventure 2 canonical? I like to think it is. Okay. I like to think Wizpig just came back and said, uh, reverse. And then he laughed and they're like, they're like, here we go again. That's all I wanted to know. Thank you. Tick that off my list. I think that's subjective. I, I, I think you don't have to think it's canonical, but I think it's more fun if, if they just have to do everything again, but backwards. Because that's a just Donkey hilarious Kong Country for the Game Boy Color situation. Uh, get, yeah, with the game, the Game Boy Advance one, where uh, it's like, "Hey, Diddy, uh, change your shirt to yellow and do it again." Oh yes, yeah. I love that shit. I I love just like because that that's something you can only do in a video game where it can only make sense in a video game. You if if you watched uh, like a Marvel movie, like a, an Avenger and, and then they were like, "Oh, yes, we finally defeated Thanos." And then the movie just rewinds and Spider-Man's wearing a yellow costume. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like, "Oh, we have to do this whole thing I, I've again." Not, I've not seen any of these films. No, that's accurate. It have, you know, in, in Avengers Second Adventure, Second a- Adventure and Hollywood turned you down, did it? <laughs> it just wasn't for me. They didn't like my big-brained ideas. It's Hollywood's loss. It's whatever. I, you know, I, I, I made my mark. I left. I'm, I'm doing this now. I'm talking with you about Diddy Kong Racing. Twenty-five years later. But yeah, everything is as it should be. Conquer of course, uh, would go on to reference the events uh, of Diddy Kong Racing in pro- promotional materials for Live and Reloaded, which is where we got the delightful character journey that Bumper went on after Diddy Kong Racing, where we learned that Bumper was arrested. This this started the process. Conquer said, uh, one of those freaks is in jail, and then we later learn uh, that it's Bumper, and then we it later infer that it was public exposure indecent exposure which uh we we believe is uh he pulled it out in public and started uh fondling himself vigorously is this because uh being a badger and being nude is not necessarily considered to be uh taboo so for it to actually be a crime there has to be some kind of um self-interference going on to make it uh, the correct levels of improper. Yes, and and also because it looks like Bumper's spanking himself on the character select screen, and so it just yeah. like you know, and, and maybe he wasn't actually touching his genitals. Maybe he was just spanking his ass too much, too much for the public. And they said, "All right, sir, you're going to have to leave this establishment." 
Yeah, we should put uh, children laughing at the start of this podcast to telegraph the fact it's for kids. <laughs> well, okay, but this this is uh, th- this was given by Conquer in an M-rated games promotional material. So I like to think that maybe you know, just like Tip Top would go on to become a Banjo Kazooie character, maybe down the line Bumper will become a Conquer character because of all of his implied masturbation. Uh, of all the DKR characters, it's got to be Bumper, hasn't it? Yeah. I just want more exposure, <laughs> so to speak, for these Diddy Kong Racing characters. Is that too much to ask? Apparently it is. Apparently it is. I did really love when Banjo and Kazooie were revealed for Smash Brothers. Matt, I don't know if I ever really talked to you about how you felt when you saw this trailer the the best friends trailer uh-huh. from E3 2019 the fact that they did this banjo kazooie reveal by tying it in to their connections to donkey kong oh you're putting me on the spot there yeah uh, well it was delightful of course it was did you feel emotional at all i didn't scream oh you you didn't scream like uh we all screamed yeah uh i'm from uh the north of england so we don't really feel emotions. That's a shame because, you know, so, so many uh, musicians from the north of England have made me feel emotions, including you. <laughs> Disgust. <laughs> uh, but even I uh, felt a tingle of something at, the, at seeing Banjo-Kazooie's reveal in a Smash Brothers game, which admittedly... I'm less enthusiastic about than most people on DK Vine. Not because I don't like Smash Brothers, but because my main attraction is the mainline platformers and such. And that's perfectly fair. But yeah, the fact that in 2019, Nintendo produced a trailer that said, Hey, Banjo and Kazooie, they're Donkey Kong characters. Eat my asshole. And raring to go, of course. And yes, yes. And it just, it just, we, we saw the Gingenator spear K rule. Like, what? Yeah. What? Like, that's ridiculous. That, that's, that's the Absolutely kind of. Absolutely ridiculous. That is the kind of nonsense, the kind of absolute faff that DK Vine would have perpetuated had we had the budget and the skills to If someone had CD come up renders. with that as a prediction, we'd have dismissed them as a madman. Right, but that, that would have been one of the giddy features we would have written back in the day. Like, oh, if Banjo-Kazooie got in a Smash Brothers, oh, you could have the Gingenator Gore K. Rule off Gruntilda's lair. <laughs> That's how you used to talk, isn't it? You had a lot of elocution lessons between then and now. Yes, I now have the diction of a a proper nobleman. Yes, a proper nobleman. (laughs) Uh, Unlike me, who can't even pronounce the word nobleman, apparently. (laughs) I don't know. It was was just a very affirming feeling. Like, uh, I'm I'm sure David Tennant, Doctor Who fans, felt when he... uh, when, When Jodie Whittaker regenerated back into David Tennant. They were like, hey, that's for us. Remember that from a few years ago? It's that again. It's that again. That's the way. Yeah, I think. I think that's what we said after our reactions video ended. Yeah. We were like, "Hey, it's that again." Banjo and Kazooie tying into Donkey Kong. But yeah, I, I think that obviously Nintendo is never going to like issue a press release saying, from our perspective, 
Banjo and Kazooie, which is owned by Microsoft and the Xbox brand, is part of the Donkey Kong universe. Nintendo out. That's never going to happen. And Phil Spencer is never going to, uh, you know, skywrite uh, in, in big uh, smoky letters above the cityscape. Uh, hey, you know Donkey Kong owned by Nintendo? We consider it part of the shared rare universe, which includes Sea of Thieves. Play Sea of Thieves if you like Donkey Kong. It's never going to happen. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. That's ludicrous. That's nonsense. That's Cloud Cuckoo Land as seen in Banjo-Tooie. But I think now that Donkey Kong is really getting cemented by Nintendo as its own little brand outside of Mario again. You know, we've got the theme park. We've got its own... uh, its own brand management team. You're starting to see little things here or there, even if the full picture is obviously still obscured because we don't know the new game. But it, it's it's sort of, you got this vibe. You got vibes, Matt. This is what 25-year-olds talk about. They talk about their vibes. Vibes, yes. Yes. And the vibe right now is very much uh, in sync with what DK Vine has been shouting at random passersby on the street for the last 23 years, where, yeah, you know, Mario, Mario and Donkey Kong, they have a shared heritage with the the Donkey Kong arcade game, and they cross over from time to time. But, you know, Mario, he's got his own little spinoffs, his own little branches from his own tree, uh, you know, Wario and, and Yoshi. And and Donkey Kong, he's got his own little buds. He's got uh, Banjo-Kazooie and Conker coming off that Donkey Kong tree. And I I feel like what Diddy Kong Racing did and why it does still matter, especially to our little madhouse that we call DK Vine and anybody who is not part of DK Vine, but definitely thinks in the terms that we do. It's really made Donkey Kong this permanent part of Rare, even post buyout, because yeah, for legal reasons, they can't come out and say, hey, Donkey Kong, we still acknowledge Donkey Kong as part of our shared universe. Sea of Thieves uh, plays a lot with the concept of there being a shared rare universe, and they, they have a lot, a lot of- more open to it now, I think. Yeah. I think if you were to ask Greg Mayles or Chris Seaver now, they might be less uh, resistant to copping to it. I, I think that um, there, there's definitely people at Rare and Platonic who are sort of all about it. Like, we talk about Greg Mails, that was never his intent. Steve Mails was very much uh, all about this idea of putting uh, what, what they can't say is Royston the Goldfish in ukulele. <laughs> but cost, yes. but he, he, he was the one really pushing for it when we started, uh, you know, fighting for it online. And uh, he was upset that it didn't uh, knock on the bowl three times because he was like, no! The yeah, whole- I remember that yeah. from the uh, commentary. Yeah, and, and so... For listeners that don't know what we're banging on about, we're referring to the ukulele developers commentary on YouTube in which Steve Mayles discusses his disappointment that Royston the Goldfish, as he is inferred to be, doesn't uh, knock the bowl three times. Yeah, and, and, and you've got, you know, you've got ukulele and the crackles... Stone graphic novel, uh, DM Combo, who who went out of his way to say like, hey, Banjo and Kazooie are actually just off panel during this entire thing. And, and here's a jiggy and here's some anti-gravity chocolate. And there, there is this like, I think 
greater acceptance among the old guard at, at Rare and Platonic, but among the among the newer people as well. That you know, shared universes are a common occurrence now in popular culture. Thanks, thanks to Marvel and. It's not something that's really relegated to just the nerdier fandoms, you know, the the niche comic book readers. It, it's something that... Yeah, how do you feel about that, Hyle? It's becoming vogue now. I was just ahead of my time. I, I, was, I, I, yeah. was, I was banging on this bongo uh, back, in the, uh, back in the 90s. And yeah, you, you've, you've got Platonic, you know, fully copying to, yeah, 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 uh, that's just an unnamed goldfish, wink, wink. But also here is all of these references to the characters coexisting within the same world. And then over here in Sea of Thieves, we've got, you know, all, all the stuff that kind of helps set up things in Banjo-Kazooie. And you've got um, them doing it with Donkey Kong, too. They can't come out and say... Ah, yeah, Sea of Thieves, it takes place in the past of Donkey Kong. But you've got them uh, suggesting that the Kremlins are are roaming about on the high seas during this time. You've got the whole retconned explanation for why Glimmer the Anglerfish is named Glimmer the Anglerfish. He's named after the constellation in the Sea of Thieves, the Glimmer constellation, Matt. Yeah, of course. Didn't know that in 1995, but now I can't live without that information. So, <laughs> it, it is, it has. Like, Diddy, the effect Diddy Kong Racing had on the fandom, in turn, our enthusiasm for it has now impacted the people, the creatives behind these games, behind the current generation of Rare and Platonic, and even... Donkey Kong, to a certain extent, as we saw with the, uh, you know, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate trailers, and you know, despite not being available commercially for nearly uh, twenty-two years since Conker's Bad Fur Day, people still care about Diddy Kong Racing to the point where Fan Gamer, in the last year, launched the Rare Racers line. Uh, giving us Diddy Kong Racing merchandise legally for the first time in uh, in something like 23 years, I want to say. And 22 years at the time. And do you know what... That was what... amazing, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, you, you were giddy about it, Matt. I used your Rare Racers logo, your mock-up logo for that episode of The Conversation. Uh, Dr. Q, who was our first caller, he mentioned uh, the fan game and merchandise, and I was wondering if you would care to speculate what their next uh, t-shirt might be, or pin. I would love... I'm nudging you towards bumper. (laughs) Just a free bumper shirt? Like, uh, you know, yeah. Free bumper? Yeah. And a picture of him with, sort of, behind bars. Yeah, that might be a little bit tasteless. Or a mugshot. A mugshot would be funnier, especially if he still had semen on his hands. Yes, especially if that was the case. <laughs> no, I think uh, I, I would love an official whiz picture. Matt, right now, for this occasion, for this episode, because I knew we were doing this episode today, I'm wearing my uh, bootleg whiz pig t-shirt. Yeah, I got it from DraculaBite.com. Uh, they have a 
heavy metal inspired whiz pig shirt with uh whiz pig looming over diddy banjo and conquer and it's it's one of my absolute favorite shirts. i actually wore this uh during our magfest panel in early 2020 uh, this this is the shirt i decided to wear because i was like this basically sums up dk vine right here and so I, I would love to see Whizpig on an official piece of shirt, uh, on official piece of shirt. Uh, I said it, I'm not going to take it back, but I would like official piece of shirt. I, I would love bumper merchandise for sure, because bumper has sort of, as, as far as the Diddy Kong racing cast that has been um, developed post Diddy Kong racing, I think bumper has had the wildest journey. And I say that full, knowing full well, you know, tipped up has uh, become a father 20 times over at least But um, I, I just want, I just want Crunch's waistcoat. Unfortunately, that would be up to Nintendo, Matt, because Nintendo owns the rights to Crunch. So you're gonna have to troll Nintendo.com. I'm shit out of luck. Yeah, probably because they're never gonna use Crunch again. But do you, you want to know if if you want to feel good about the enduring legacy of Diddy Kong Racing? Do you want? Do you know? the first piece of Rare Racers merchandise that actually sold out at Fangamer and is currently still sold out at as of this recording date. Uh, was it Banjo? It was not Banjo. Was it... What other ones were there? It was Timber. It, it, it was Timber. Uh, so... There, there was the uh, the timber pin, the Banjo pin uh, at first, and then they released the Conquer pin and the Whizpig pin earlier this year and then there was of course the rare racer shirt with banjo and conquer on it and then there was uh well that was it that was pretty much it but uh, yeah i mean fan gamer are just they just exist to bankrupt us really don't really they, they do and uh, every tuesday i hold out hope that there's going to be a new wave of rare Ra- racers merchandise that drops but i think it's amazing that timber is the pin that sold out and granted i don't know the the like production quantity of timber versus banjo and and maybe they still sold more banjo but they made more but timber sold out and i'm like yeah we sold timber out this original diddy kong racing character who's only known for his role in diddy kong racing and for you know uh, almost being the star of dinosaur planet before that was taken from him as well but it wasn't Banjo, it wasn't Conker, it wasn't even Whizpig, who, at the very least, Whizpig had an official action figure back in the day. It was Timber. I've seen this on the DK Vine stop-motion animations. <laughs> yes, I'm looking up at it right now. I keep keep them up on my shelf at the very top of my desk. There is Whizpig just looming down on me as if I were on my own t-shirt right now. But yeah, it was it was Timber. I think that shows just how thirsty diddy kong racing fans are but how willing we are whenever there's anything to do with diddy kong racing we're like yeah i want that yes absolutely i want that we're unable to move on matt diddy <laughs> kong racing has not been commercially available for nearly 22 years it's now 25 years old and damn it if i don't still love it damn it if i don't still want a proper follow-up to it it's probably had a bigger impact on my life than any other game. Donkey Kong Country 2 is my favorite game of all time. I adore Banjo-Kazooie. Sea of Thieves is something I play every week now. 
I absolutely think Grab by the Ghoulies is an underrated gem, and I will stab people to death in the street if they so much as look at it wrong. Yeah, he will as well. He's not lying. I, Matt knows where the bodies are buried. He dissolved them in acid with me. But Diddy Kong Racing has taken a bigger bite out of my psyche than any other game in existence. And I think... It's the keystone. Yes. Yeah. the fulcrum of DK Vine. Fulcrum. Slash the Donkey Kong universe. Fulcrum is a great science word. Thank you. I have got um, a um, first-class um, qualification in science studies at Science University. This has been a File 2 production. Terrico. Well done, listener. Now try my new challenge. Listen to this exact same episode again, but backwards. And collect all the silver coins. And win. Come back whenever you're ready. <sighs>